Hey everyone, welcome back to The Reluctant Cruise, a One Piece rewatch podcast. I'm one of your hosts, my name is Brian, and with me is Steve. I sure do love my mini wheats, especially if they're frosted. And also with us is Slash. Welcome to Filler Town. We are walking into Filler Town. We're having filled frosted mini wheats. It's Filler Town. Yeah. I didn't realize filler. that this was filler. But it makes sense, I guess. Yes, I guess, preemptive warning for anyone listening right now. If you would like to take this very detailed ride with us, use the website animefillerlist.com slash shows slash one dash piece, or just Google search one piece filler list. You may notice that in their detailed list, helping you, the consumer of the media, determine which parts are filler and which parts are full canon, the episodes, all of which we are digging into today, have a mixed variety of what is considered canon and filler amongst the manga and the anime. Everything is somewhat of a canon today. We aren't in full-on, whoa, hey, this is full-on filler, never happened in the manga ever territory. But we're, we're starting to dig in, because this is kind of the end of one major arc and into the next major arc, and that's how One Piece does it. So hope you enjoy our look at this. We'll see how this goes over time. Or if you don't like looking up filler lists, you can just read all of the manga and then determine what's filler and what's not for yourself if you have great memory. But I highly doubt that most people will not do that. So use a filler list. Yeah. Okay. So why don't you get started with episode 46, Steve? I sure will. Episode 46. Chase Straw Hats. Little Buggy's Bug Adventure. So yeah, I realized that after I sent the document, it was definitely a typo. It should be full disclosure. I was very drunk when I watched these episodes <laughs> and took the notes for the okay, uh, so was buggy. these three episodes. Yeah. <laughs> it's true. But no, it's Little Buggy's Big Adventure. Ah, yes. Little it's... Biggie's Bug Adventure. It was yeah. all a dream. Oh, shit. It's Little Biggie's Bug Adventure. Or Buggy's Big Adventure. You know what? We'll leave it to the viewers to decide what it is that it actually is. So in any case... Hell yeah, I love these viewers on this audio oh podcast. Yeah, you know what? Viewers. That's what I mean. Notorious B-U-G. Yes. <laughs> okay. Here we are. We come back into our cruise ship. Luffy, the Straw Hat Pirates. They're sailing in towards Logtown. Which I should make a note is that Logtown, based on Japanese language, uh, they have their R's and their L's tend to mix. So when they say ro like Rogue Town, it sounds like Logtown. It kind of has that L in it as well. And so with that, it could be either pronounced Rogue Town or Logtown. If you're reading the manga, it says Rogue Town. But if you're watching. The anime says Logtown. So. Unless you're watching the Funimation dub, which gives it as Logtown. Oh, God. Those are the things I remember from the Four Kids dub. I remember them saying, like, Rogetown. I was like, okay, cool. It's a place for pirates. Last stop, Rogetown, yeah. Well, yeah. And the Four Kids dub, you know what? It's just pure loggers in there. No pirates, just loggers. That's why it's called Logtown. Luffy and Usopp 
kind of badger Zora a little bit and like, yeah, I bet you can't play a game of tag. And they just kind of just fuck around with him and be like, yeah, you're a big loser, neener, neener, neener. And pretty much Zora gets pissed off and starts chasing him. And so it's like, ah. Well, then we pan into Z- to Nami. Nami looks on at the crew with like this kind of joy in her eyes. She's like, ah, it's like a, it's like a sigh of relief almost. It's really quite phenomenal. And we flash back and uh, they show like when Nami first joined, back when they were fighting Buggy for the first time, and and all that other kind of stuff. So with that, it was like okay. Really, uh, really solid stuff that's happening there. And then she asks Luffy, like, what what she thinks happened to Buggy. And they're like, okay, well, they don't really know. They're like, oh, Buggy. Who else is Buggy? Ah, I think I kind of remember him now. It kind of just segues into the next part of the episode. The main plot of the episode, that is. So after Luffy launched Buggy away in our little flashback back in uh, that town they were in. I don't remember the town name. But yeah, after he launched him into the island, sailed this guy away. Well, he landed on an island, and luckily a majority of his body is still intact uh, back in the town that he was raiding. And so he's just kind of stuck in the small form. And they show Buggy, and he's like, Ha! I finished a raft. And it shows like the shittiest raft you've ever seen in your life. And it's really just plain plywood and shit. <laughs> it's a bunch of logs and that's pretty much it. He's going to go hunt down the straw hats and get his revenge. However, nothing really kind of just goes to plan. He ends up back on land. Uh, it's a different island. And he's like bitten by piranhas and all that other shit. And it's real bad for him. So he decides he's kind of hungry, and so he starts looking for a meal. And he finds this giant yellow, like, chicken, like, baby chick that he sees. And, uh, and he starts chasing it, like, ah, I'm going to eat you, you tiny chicken bastard. Come here. And he starts chasing it. Well, there's this other little chicken who's kind of looking on in anger and horror and just pure, like, ah, no, you can't do that. And so Justice is about to eat this tiny little chicken. Here comes this massive fucking bird coming out of nowhere. It <laughs> just looks at Buggy and is like, oh, shit. And so Buggy starts taking off and is like, ah, running around and all that shit. So the, this bird, this blue bird, large blue bird, pulls out some of its own comically large utensils and just starts like, yeah, I'm going to eat you, Buggy. And somehow, he ends up getting away. I don't know if it's because he uses chop-chop fruit and split up for a little more and whatever. But yeah, he pretty much just like, and he disappears and he, he runs off. So he sets up this trap for a bird. The entire time, this blue bird is hunting down Buggy, trying to find him and trying to eat him. Well, you know what? He's like, ah, my perfect plan. But you know what? This bird just comes and foils it completely and uh he just plates the pirate and finally eats him before he can even swallow him he just fucking spits him out to the sky because he tastes so bad 
because, as you know, Buggy's a clown, and clowns taste funny. That's the name of the joke. God damn it. (sighs) Was that intentional? I don't know. Maybe. But if not, it's still a funny joke. In any case, in any form. He spits him out, and he goes shooting through the sky a hell long distance. Like, I don't like. So he's flying, 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 flying. He's pretty high up in the sky, shoots over the Mary, and sees the Straw Hats debate on. They happen to be talking about the origins of Hermit Crab that they found on this ship for no reason. Buggy lands on Treasure Island, or Gaimon attempts his island god routine again because he just, that's just Gaimon. Uh, well, anyways. Buggy's kind of just like, what the hell is this? He's looking around and like, who the hell are you? He's just kind of, it's pretty comical, not to, not going to lie. So he moves closer to the animals, a sacred forest. So Gaiman uh, fires at him and shoots a hole in his hat. And Buggy shoots his hand out to drag Gaimon out of the bushes, asking if he's like a jack-in-the-box. Like, because this man's just stuck in a box. Who the hell are you, a jack-in-the-box? So these guys just... Start fighting it out, and uh, Buggy is the loser. Buggy loses. And so they go into a little dialogue, and we're talking, and just relaxing. They're like, yeah, these hybrid animals are treasures of the island. But you know what? Buggy's like, screw that. I don't have any interest in these animals. Besides, I'm a pirate, and uh, I'm here for treasure. If it's not gold, silver, or jewels, fuck it. I don't want it. So the two put aside their differences because they're both pirates. And they bond over sake. In the background, you see all these drunk dancing animals. and It's pretty comical, actually. I'd love to see some drunk dancing animals. But, you know, that's probably not ethical. The only two things I care about in this world are treasure and booze, is what Buggy says. And that's pretty much his entire philosophy. Buggy extends an offer to Gaimon to join his crew when he reforms it, to be a pirate once again instead of a man stuck on a box. He's like, uh, the soul of a true pirate belongs to the sea, is what Buggy says. They kind of talk about, ah, oh, you know, you kind of remind me of a, of a pirate friend I used to have, Gaimon talks about, is he remembers back on Luffy. He's like, oh yeah, well... I guess so, maybe. But I'm after this other pirate who I despise, who also happens to be Luffy. And so they're kind of like talking from different perspectives. But the same pirate, our main character, Monkey D. Luffy. Gaimon helps Buggy rebuild his raft to share a tearful and wonderful goodbye. Buggy starts sailing out there so majestically and and, and graciously like a, a true hero. Here comes this fucking crab that pops up out of the sea. And Gaimon's like, oh shit, I forgot to warn you about the monsters. I know you'll be fine, it's alright, you got this. And shit, here comes all these monsters, like, thrashing around on the boat. And remind you, this is not a boat, I I should say it's a raft. And so they're like, no, go the other way, go the other way. And what did you know it? Buggy, his raft is destroyed yet again. Time by the giant crab. 
Yeah, buggy is safe when a cannonball shoots straight through the crab. It's really kind of weird because it's like there's a hole in it, and then I don't know what's afterwards, but like I don't know if it's smoke coming off the crab or if it's like clear blood or whatever it is that came out of the hole. It was like, oh, what the hell? I want to say it's steam, but you know. Point is that crab is fucking dead. Yes, this crab is fucking dead. We uh, go back to this boat, and we reveal it's actually a ship that's pulling up, and it's this beautiful woman, and uh, she pulls up, and, and she's like, yeah, it's you, buggy. I know who you are. She also happens to be looking for Luffy, the Straw Hat Pirates. They're like, ah, fuck that pirate. We're going to kill Luffy. So they form an alliance to kill Luffy, which... I don't think it's grounds for a great alliance, in my opinion, but, you know, whatever, it's buggy. Then we come back to the the straw hat ship. They're all sleeping together in the cargo hold, and they're all sleep-talking, yelling at each other in their sleep. It's kind of, it's a peaceful night. Then we see Nami. She lays herself down to sleep in the cabin. Here we are on the outside of the ship, and here's the little hermit crab. As it kind of just walks off and falls right into the water. But before it falls, you get a teardrop effect into a to-be-continued. And that ends episode 46, Chase Straw Hats, Little Buggy's Big Adventure. What do you guys think of all this adventure? Can you contain yourselves? I'm containing myself about as well as the, uh, our friend Daimon in his box. Yeah, I don't know. Um, I may have touched on this in a previous episode, too. I think we, like, if we did, we kind of dipped into the the, uh, the the hint that, hey, some filler stuff is coming, because we are, like I said, right at the corner turn of one big arc to the next. Uh, it tends to be where One Piece dumps its filler, and there's not really a lot of say, egregious filler that is dropped in into like say the middle of a major arc you're not gonna have like luffy about to like deck some guy and then all of a sudden like we're gonna go follow buggy again the at least how this is defined on the filler list since i'll stick to that to keep us on track they define it as mixed canon and filler and then i looked back into these this and it will be the next episode as well but it looks like so these Short stories, or well, at least this story about Buggy, which will eventually kind of tie into what is canonically going to happen in the story. Um, these were sort of lifted from chapter panels that happen every week. So, like, every chapter of One Piece in the manga has, like, a, ch- a title panel. It'll be, like, chapter, like, literally this past week was chapter 999. And there'll usually be some kind of illustration or drawing on the front sometimes it's just nonsense or like fans will say like hey draw a picture of buggy riding like a harley davidson or some shit like that i don't know and Oda will be like yeah sure whatever i don't think that has specifically happened but just kind of like a nonsense drawing like the characters doing something different like if there's something like that or he will tell kind of like half canon stories about like hey here's these characters who we saw from a previous arc what's happening to them now and this episode as well as the next one are those panels somewhat brought to life so i think that's kind of cool not all series will go ahead and do that as far as chapters that move along so that's kind of neat but yeah it's cute seeing some familiar faces again 
so these are all characters that we kind of know and buggy is great i'm always down for more buggy mess about as he continues to stay relevant and stay in our hearts i'm trying to put the different thoughts into words i guess there's not too much to read into this episode honestly it's kind of just that nice little side adventure like hey here's buggy trying to survive at least this episode isn't overall truly important to the plot of one piece i'm assuming unless we come back like 700 episodes later and we're like hey that one bird that tried to eat buggy on that adventure with gaimon it's back for its revenge trying to kill buggy yeah, I mean, it's a fun watch. And you see some more clips of this woman without actually revealing who it is, even though I think there's a bunch of hints, at least in these few episodes. I rewatched some of the other episodes for the next episode of recording today. So even five episodes after this, they're still going to be playing slightly coy with I mean, we've got a hint. I'm just not going to say who it is until they officially reveal it. I was going to jump in with it, too. I, I was going to say, I, I, if you are visually seeing who this woman is and you've kept up with the show at this point, it's kind of not hard to be like, oh, yeah, it's obviously you once you get a look at it. Um, but listening to us visually, or listen, uh, just listening to us right now, you might be thinking, who the hell are they talking about? So whether or not you decide to look it up, uh, that's up to you. But, yeah, it's like... I don't know why. I get that they draw it out, and I get that like there is a mix of canon, like half canon stuff going on right now. So it feels maybe a little more drawn out. But it they in actually all the episodes that we are technically going to record today, we they don't actually mention her name at all, which I think is kind of funny. But at the same time, it it, it feels more drawn out than it should because it's like very obvious to the viewer. Yeah, um, one of the things is like a manga note is that this woman isn't introduced in the same way as necessarily uh, in the show. So right now we get the first encounter of, of her and Buggy. However, when in the actual manga, she doesn't pop up until like, I don't know, they're already putzing around in, in Logetown and doing shit already, so... It's just like, okay, it's a little different way to be introduced to this woman. And so instead of actually seeing her on a ship, and maybe she might have introduced in one of the opening covers, like like the opening panels uh, Slash was talking about, maybe once or twice. But for the most part, um, yeah, if you're reading the manga, she doesn't pop up until they're already in Logetown. That's kind of weird. Okay. Yeah, it's a little odd. That is a long difference between anime introduction and official manga introduction, I guess. I don't know how else to describe that. Mm -hmm. Damn. But yeah, it's it's still all like technically canon. I would say I'd say it's mixed canon as filler, but you know, uh it still holds with the plot line. I mean it still holds with all the panels that Oda made, and it's still, it's it's still plotline, I guess. So, I think it does feel like it can feel mildly stretched like that in a way, but at the same time, since we have we 
do technically know who this character is, having them show up at some point again, despite their altered appearance. Let's just say that. It's, it's not like we're introducing a completely, like, who the hell are you character. So I, I, I get why maybe there's a bit of a stretch to it, but I don't know. I think at the time, at least with the anime, they were probably just stretching out what they could because that's that's how the filler be sometimes. Yeah, exactly. Don't fruit fuckery. I'm just assuming, but like, I feel like it's pretty obvious in this fucking show. It's more than likely a double. Fruit. That's not always the case. Sometimes things are just weird. Like, why doesn't Daimon just get out of this box? I think that question was actually answered in that episode. Okay, no. But like, that's not the same thing as whatever may or not have happened with this in like the span of a month or two. Mm-hmm. What I find kind of interesting though is that uh, cocaine's a hell of a drug. You're damn right. That's one Maybe. That's number one fact. But two, Gaimon is actually uh, canon. Like he's not just filler or anything like that. He's he's actually canon. So it's weird. Cocaine adds like two feet to your height, apparently. Maybe three. Damn. I'm Buggy the Clown, bitch. <laughs> Let's move on to episode 47. The wait is over. The return of Captain Buggy. As Buggy and the woman sail towards their destination, you see the aftermath of Luffy's fight from the point of view of Buggy's crew of clowns. So Moji and Kabaji place all of the blame for their loss at the feet of Zoro Nami, and we just come back from those two saying, curse you, Zoro and Nami. And we go back to the mare, where Zoro Nami just happened to start sneezing. It's that anime. Well, it's not just anime, that held belief of, hey, someone's talking to you. That's Someone's talking about you. That's why you sneezed. So Zoro's saying, uh, that's all bullshit. And we cut back to Nami, who's saying, I think she's with Usopp. And she's like, huh, someone must be talking about me. You see Usopp once again making an explosion while he's working on a new bullet. Seems to have a lot of them. Like, oh, I'm going to test out my new gear. And then one crew member or another just fucks with him and it literally blows up in his face. Yeah, this man is like a, like a meth lab waiting to blow up almost. You see the buggy pirates at this island, and they're weeping at a shrine to their red-nosed captain's memory. And once all the crying is out of their system, there is a bit of infighting among the ranks to see who will replace the captain. So Kibaji Moji, this kind of goes back to something I'd said, I'd asked, fucking... 13, 14 episodes of this podcast, I guess. It never was specifically clear on who was Buggy's direct subordinate. So Moji's like, oh yeah, I'm the first mate. Gabaji's like, I'm the chief of staff. For some reason, fucking pirate ships need chiefs of staff or whatever, but here we are. They both see themselves as Buggy's direct subordinate. I guess... In my point of view, if Moji was actually the 
first mid, I would have assumed that he would be next in line, but they decide to fight it out to see who will win and be the captain. Off the count. They eventually just destroy each other's weapons, get into a good old-fashioned brawl to see who will win, and their fight is going on for hours, beat each other senseless. I'm going to assume they gave each other concussions because they're just like wildly unconsciously basically attacking each other. And as all that is going on, Richie the Lion is dreaming of himself being captain. And in this dream, he is taking down a dragon and he's with all his men. He kind of starts to like sleepwalk. And he approaches Moji and Kabaji. And I think he's fighting a dragon, just like knocks him down. Then Lionel Richie is actually made captain. Everyone's like, yeah, Richie. They're all partying, celebrating this animal captain of this pirate ship when some asshole out of nowhere starts playing bongos. The buggy pirates have found themselves surrounded by members of the Bear Claw tribe who tell them to leave the island. The buggy pirates are kind of like, who are you to tell us what to do? And they look like they're going to start fighting. Richie and the rest are swiftly defeated by the Bear Claws. Back on the beautiful woman's ship, you see Buggy looking out in the distance. And he sees a ship moored off an island. So Buggy and the woman get off the ship. And they wander the island and they see the shrine that his men had made for him. And she says, why they give you such a big grave? Buggy says, what the hell do you mean by that? Takes him a beat before he realizes, wait a minute, grave? And it occurs to him, oh, they thought I was dead. Kabaji Emoji, realizing that the captain is still alive, start to like cry, come over to him. And they're knocked out when the Bear Claw tribe came and beat the crew. They're not actually sure what had happened, but the woman is able to deduce everything that has happened and says, oh, your men were taken by the Bear Claw tribe. So we should probably find them fast because they're a bunch of cannibals. So once she says that, we cut away from Buggy, the woman, Moji and Kabaji, and we see the rest of the Buggy Pirates in a giant pot because the Bear Claws are going to make a stew out of them. They bring along this gross-looking bundle of the rest of Buggy's body because they're trying to see what they can do with it. And they're just kind of like, hmm, I don't know if we should eat this. It's a little weird that the cannibals seem to have standards on their cannibalism, but they are trying to decide what to do with the body parts which ends up fucking him over in the end because with his body parts untied, Buggy now has control over the rest of his body and he reforms those parts of his body that had been tied up into their proper position, besides being headless, handless, and footless. And that phantom body just kind of goes around beating the shit out of the Bear Claw tribe until, eventually, the clown reforms his entire body and he shouts his restoration to the world like i'm back he's back and once he is fully formed again he launches one of his buggy balls which if you remember it's a big explosive cannonball buggy his lieutenants and richie wreak havoc on the bear claws defeating them with their zany circus techniques and once all of that is said and done, the buggy pirates are finally safe again. And they're grateful. This is probably a paraphrase, but I definitely remember one of the crew members saying, I kind of thought you were a big jerk, but like, I've missed you more than anything. 
hey, Captain Buggy, sir, who's the pretty lady? And Buggy's like, oh, yes, this is the woman who saved my life. Her name is... Hold on, I don't actually know your name. Going back to what we talked about last episode. Convenient cut to next scene, awkwardly. So the Buggy Pirates ask their captain what their next orders are, and he claims that they are going to find and kill Luffy. We cut from that to the Shaw Pirates, and they spied the island where Rogue Town, Logue Town is. Shit. They drop hints as to where their individual destinations will take them in the next set of episodes. And that is the end of episode 47. Any thoughts, you guys? Solid episode. I like how they're like, this is probably like one of my favorite buggy episodes because it's just like, there's being dramatic and and normal buggy pirates and stuff like that. So it's like, okay, they're pretty emotional. They miss their captain. They're also like the bickering type and stuff like that. Kind of the same, uh, what is it? The kind of past enemy trope you see a lot in, in like a, a lot of different manga and anime and stuff like that, where your enemies are like kind of just weak now, and but now it's like, oh, there's some little backstories or whatever. I love seeing Buggy the Clown back to normal. It's a solid episode. Neat shit in it. <laughs> I don't know. My money would have gone Moji to win for the next captain, but. That's my opinion. I'm not a big fan of Kabaji. This is another one you kind of just take straight at face value. There's not many other ways to... Not much to look into. It's finishing off the little side story of Buggy here. More Buggy is always good. He's my boy. And yeah, very, very awkwardly dancing around. His new friend, this lady pirate's name still, but as will be revealed at some point in the future. Closing note on like just the thought of translating like these side story panels into actual episodes here and there. I need to do more research as we go forward. Like, I forget if these happen at other points. I assume some of them do, but I think that's kind of nice because obviously in the manga, you know, that's where you get to the nitty-gritty and you stick to your points. But in a perfect world, I feel like the anime would be a place where you can kind of expand on those little ideas. So um, there's actually a set of um, panels that I know of uh, from a much, much more recent uh, arc in manga currently where there's like a side story going on even though it's like somewhat tangential but not happening at the same time as the major current arc where um, you see some characters reunited that were sort of separated in the previous major arc and I don't know if those will ever be made into filler but it would be kind of cool considering they're all characters that we do see in canon at some point. So. Little things like that are kind of nice. I think that's probably a more positive aspect. To like, hey, this is what we can do with the anime. Not too much more to it. Buggy's back. He's got his whole ass body. And we'll see what happens to him going forward. Why don't you finish it off with episode 48, Slash? Sounds like a good idea. And what do you know? We're back to the main canon now. We're suddenly back to the Straw Hats and the ship. So, this is episode 48. And it is the town of the beginning and end. Arrival at Rogue Town. You say Logtown, I say Roguetown, everybody wins. There you go. So, everyone finally arrives. We're at Roguetown. And, uh, you know, they're doing a nice walkthrough. It seems like a pretty hustling and bustling sort of place. Not not, not so quiet or not so uh, small. I want to say it's probably one of the bigger places we've seen so far. Definitely a place that isn't just like the village on the coast where Luffy comes from or 
Usopp's more quaint village, despite the fact that that was kind of a bigger island. I mean, I guess even Nami's Tokuyashi village was a bigger island as well, but you only go between a few, say, more like smaller locations than Arlong Park. But here, Phil is like an actual, like, bustling city. There's people moving around, there's shops, there's things going on. It, it feels lived in. It feels like they're in a bigger, more busy place. Everyone's kind of got their own prerogatives. You see them going through town, being excited by everything that there is to do. Going down the list, Luffy obviously wants to go see the execution platform where old Roger was set out to die. I think it's 22 years ago at this point in the story, if I remember that number right. I'm sure that'll come up in the recap. Yeah, time. that's the right number yeah. 22. But he, uh, so he wants to see that, as weird as that is to say. But yeah, so that's his sightseeing objective. Zoro is thinking he wants to go find some new swords because remember, Zoro is still walking around with just the Ichimonji that he has held on to since childhood. And Nami wants to go shopping because it's Nami. Uh, Usopp wants to go find more supplies. Obviously, Sanji wants to see what cool things he can buy to cook. So, will we get into all that? We actually will. Starting off at the top, Luffy just dashes off. And he's like, oh, cool. I wonder where the platform is. Bye, guys. And everyone's like, shouldn't we? No, he's just gone. Okay. What are we going to do with that guy? And then we get different cuts of everyone. Like, Nami is trying on a bunch of outfits, doing her best outfit compilation reel, and then just leaves the store like, nah, I don't want any of these. Thanks, though. Being the amazing customer that she is. Sanji's wandering around, being enticed by all these highfalutin city women that he's seen. But then he actually catches a glimpse of the woman that we mentioned before, who was with Buggy through the crowd, and then attempts to go after her, so she sort of eludes him. More and more cuts, We, as Sanji is running away, we cut up to what is actually a marine office that is in this town. In this office is a man by the name of Captain Smoker. His room is walked in on, or I guess his office is walked in on by uh, one of his marine underlings who walks in with Luffy's wanted poster, and this room is just full of smoke. Like, he is just, like, 420 blazer, toke toke. The whole room is, he is hotboxing in there. Like, it, it is just, he's, it is full on, you can't see a damn thing. But he's like, <coughs> smoker, like, smoker, sir, Captain Smoker, you've got to see this. There's a new pirate worth 30 million that's supposed to be coming to town. This guy... Weird as he is, he just kind of gets up because he was apparently just trying to stack rocks on the table. I don't, I don't, I guess he was just bored and he got distracted by his like his underling who came in. He was like, Ugh, I guess I'll go see what's going on. But he doesn't, he doesn't have a huge desire to do this. He's more, he's more of a like very laid back variety, which is weird for a marine captain. He's, he's not like our some of the other marines that we've met so far, like, uh. Like Morgan, or um, geez, I, it is escaping me the name of the the, the mouse looking marine captain from uh, from Arlong. Nezumi. Um, Nezumi, there you go. Thank you. But yeah, we uh, we see Smoker just kind of he finally opens the window and clears the room, and he's this guy who's got spiked back gray hair. He's got a big giant. Damn, I forget the name of his weapon. It's not quite a sword, but it looks like a big. Let's just say it looks like, because they're Marines, it looks like a big, giant steel billy club. Let's go with that. Let's, yeah, let's, let's paint the picture here. But, uh, and he's got a Marine jacket on. It looks like a snow jacket, almost. And it says Justice on the back, like most, in Kanji, of course. But, the, like, most of the Marines tend to have on at a certain level. And anyway, he's, and he's got two big-ass cigars in his mouth, as if the name Smoker wasn't appropriate enough. That's done introducing our boy Smoker. 
Uh, but he tells his Marines not to worry, and then they're like, no, with Smoker, don't you want to see this guy? And he's like, ah, forget it. I'm going to go see what pirates are in town. Um, and we'll find out later, but generally the reason why Smoker is stationed there is because it has Rogue Town is sort of the birthing point for many pirates who want to go to the Grand Line. Uh, it turns out, hey, that's probably also a great place for the government to station a Marine uh, base or just section to get a lot of lower-tier pirates captured. So, I don't know. It's not the place it used to be, apparently. But, Smoker leaves, and you cut to a bunch of just rando-ass pirates that are on uh, part of the dock. And it's not Luffy. I think it's it's some guy. I think it's like a crescent face. I honestly don't even remember his name. It's a nobody pirate. But they're trying to rob this ship. And then Smoker walks up. And as this is happening, uh, he just stops someone. It's like, hey, excuse me. Should you really be doing this? And they get scared for a second because they realize that it's Smoker. You know, he's kind of the big marine head name in the area. He evaporates into smoke, as it were. Oh, yes, Smoker is a Devil Fruit user. And he just offs these guys completely. He just, like, takes care of them. He's like, all right, we don't got to worry about them. Lock them up, boys. But as this is happening, there's a quick cut, I think, to Nami, where I think she's talking to another shop person, or a shopkeeper who she is actually spending money at, who seems a little bit more sensible, uh, at least to her tastes. The shopkeeper informs her that, oh, yes, there's, you know, Smoker is this crazy Devil Fruit user. He's also a Marine Captain, and... Nami's like, hmm, guess we should be careful for that. But anyway, cut back to Smoker as he has caught the other guys that were there. He's like, no way are these guys Luffy. The world's turning over upside down if these weaklings are actually Luffy. But then, as if by fate, or really coincidental writing, he'd be the decision maker. Luffy's clueless ass is just wandering on the docks because he can't find the execution platform. And Smoker has not looked at the wanted poster yet because he just doesn't care at this point. And Luffy, just being real casual, walks up to Smoker and is like, Oh, hey, hey there, do you know where the execution platform is? And Smoker's like, Huh? I haven't seen you around before. He's like, Oh, I'm new here. He's like, I'm just trying to see the place where the Pirate King died. And Smoker's like, Huh, that's kind of weird. And Luffy's like, Oh, you don't really know? Okay, I'll see you later. And then Smoker's like, Hey, eh, wait, just follow my smoke trail. Because those are part of his smoke powers. And we'll find out a little bit more later. But yeah, Luffy just wanders off and he's like, Huh, okay. And then he just straight up moves along it's 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 a simple goofy interaction it was like that was he was right under smoker's nose but obviously not being a threat there either he's like well okay then and then we get a cut to zoro there are a lot of cuts in this episode because it's trying to give you a glimpse of what everyone is doing so bear with me on these as i try to keep up with them all and no pun intended we cut to zoro looking at swords that he can't afford in a store window uh and he's just thinking about how you know, Nami is obviously the penny-pinching, stingy bank person. You know, if he tries to borrow money from Nami, she's going to charge him three times over in interest. And he's like, I can't borrow money from this woman anymore. She's going to have me hung up for life. So, as this is going on, and Zoro's thinking about where he can get some swords so he can get back to his, you know, his three-sword style, there's some commotion in the street, some bullshit's going on. And these uh, two giant assholes look like they're about to harass this woman who's, you know, wandering the streets, and she accidentally bumped into them. Not only that, but they're complaining, like, hey, your boss put our leader in jail. What the hell? How dare you go around bumping into us? And then they take out these giant swords, and Zoro's like, uh-oh. He doesn't want people to get hurt if they don't have to. He's like, man, these guys are being jerks. But as he pops his sword and he's ready to go in, this woman drops the package in her arms to also reveal a sword, and... Cut, cut, slash, slash, and then boom, she just breaks right through him. And he's like, oh shit, he you know, wasn't expecting that. 
But anyway, as this woman finishes up attacking these assailants, she reaches down to pick up her stuff, but her glasses fall off, because she is also awkwardly clumsy to a point, that it's almost a character trait. Hmm. But uh, she drops her glasses, and Zoro, you know, trying to at least be nice, reaches over and he's like, hey, here's your glasses. But as this woman looks up at him and reaches over, it is crazy that she bears an oddly striking resemblance to Kuina, Zoro's childhood friend, and he has this moment where he's just so shocked that he clutches her glasses and breaks them in his hand by accident, and they just have this moment where they're like, wait, what? And, you know, Zoro's very embarrassed because, you know, it's, he just had this weird flashback kind of moment, and she's like, oh, what the hell, you broke my glasses? He's like, oh, I'm so sorry, and then they get kind of a weirdly, uh, cute rapport going on, and she's like, hey, now you need to replace these, and he's like, oh, shit. So, now we cut back once again to a really weird... Let me see. Yeah, so we, we cut back to a cut of Luffy, and all of a sudden, I, I don't know what you guys thought of this, but uh, there are suddenly Gregorian chant choruses going on in the background. Like, it almost feels like Luffy's walking through a Catholic church, which I get, I guess they're trying to, like, make it seem like he's going through different hallways, because that's kind of what this town is like. It's a little maze-like, even, you know, Luffy's first time here, he doesn't know everything. Yeah, so he finally comes to one alleyway as the music is still weirdly going and then he ends up conveniently under a bar that says bar gold roger and he's like huh might as well check on there like let's see what this gold roger bar is all about and he walks inside he walks down this slide of stairs this, again this chanting music is still kind of on in the background sort of like almost again like he's going through a church there's just this old man in this old hole in the wall bar he's just chilling there and he's like hey kid what are you doing here He's like, oh, I, I came in here because it says Gold Roger. That's got to be cool, right? And he keeps talking to the owner. He's like, you know, this place isn't meant for kids, right? And he's like, oh, no, I'm here because I'm trying to find the execution platform. But I'm a little lost. Do you think you could help me? And the old man's like, oh, really? That's what you're looking for. And he's like, the, the old man is also sitting at this table with a giant skull on it, which is kind of ominous and foretelling. Um, but the uh the skull apparently is the skull of a man who was killed by gold roger and the old man goes off and he's telling a whole bunch of different stories to luffy um essentially luffy you know instead of being intimidated gets excited because he wants to learn all about this and he's like oh i'm in the right place and at first the old man as well had also said that he was considering closing the bar today but luffy being willing to listen to his stories and you know him seeing that luffy is someone who's willing to go to the grand line who is not scared being fascinated by the stories of roger he's like you know what kid you're okay he keeps going on talking about all these different pirates who you know they were top of the line but even then they couldn't stand up to roger and Luffy just, he, he keeps getting into it. He's like, tell me more, tell me more, tell me more. The old man, acknowledging his lack of fear towards, you know, traveling to the Grand Line and wanting to learn more about Roger, gives him a bit of a toast, as it were. But instead, Luffy, he's very staunch and just like, no, nah, I don't really drink. The old man's like, well, I guess we can just do this with milk then. They toast off and they say, you know, to the Grand Line, and then Luffy goes on his way. But it's a weird sort of acknowledgement because we do get some flashbacks over in this bar as this scene fades away as you see this was a bar where the gold roger actually came to in the past and it's you know the old man cuts back to when he's much younger and he's talking to roger and he's like are you seriously gonna sail the grand line you crazy guy and he's like oh yeah can't stop we gotta do it now and we'll learn more in the long run about what prompted roger to sail the grand line and why he went on this crazy expedition you know one last time before he passed away but we will come back to that much later anyways luffy feels empowered by this story he's like okay i'll go find the execution platform now rambling on though the old man is just 
talking about how that after Rogers executed, a lot of other pirates showed up, and they're just kind of nonsense because everyone's trying to follow in his path, such as the the age of pirates. Everyone wants to be at the top, but no one is at the top. But also, he does explain that, hey, his bar might close because less people are going to the Grand Line, and that is obviously you know in, tied into the fact that now Smoker and the, the Marine base are stationed in Rogetown, so it's less of a uh, welcoming place to would-be pirates who start their adventure. Talked about the milk thing. Sorry, I did some of that out of order based on memory and then some of the notes I was taking to make it a little flashback recap that I'm reading. This is a, a long episode because they pack a lot into this, but that's what we get for not being canon for a few minutes. After Luffy is gone, we cut back to the bar once again, but now it's Smoker walking in the door. The old man is like, ugh, what do you want? Smoker's like, hey, don't be mean. I'm just trying to have a drink. And then the old man does acknowledge it. He's like, hey, well, you're the reason why this bar is so slow now. Anyway, they're kind of having an awkward chat back and forth to each other. But Smoker just uses his smoky hands, which he can sort of detach from his body somewhat like Buggy. But we'll explain sort of how Smoker's powers work later. The major differences in some devil fruit powers, by the way, are quite well explained later in the show. So we'll get to that. But Smoker's having a drink, but then all of a sudden one of his marines comes in. He's having a bit of a flashback, though, because he is the one who says that it has been 22 years since Roger passed. And Smoker, very conveniently, happened to be in Rogetown the day that that happened. And they cut to a flashback of Smoker as a kid. He's maybe, I don't know, the size of like Zorro in his child flashback can't be more than like 10 or 12 years old he's like running through a crowd and everyone is in town watching you know this man march to be executed and he remembers just seeing him and how it was etched in his mind that despite him being the greatest you know most nefarious pirate of their age that made an impact on him in terms of seeing him being marched away to his uh his passing this is happening in tandem to luffy marching more or less down the same main street because oh parallels that continues to go on, and then Luffy is getting ever closer to the execution platform. And then finally, in the flashback, we see kind of the whole uh, the whole crux of Roger's execution, which we have seen this in the intro segment. Actually, that's something I forgot to mention, but I was going to bring it up at the end anyway. But in the opening, you know, the you know, go find one piece, like you want my treasure, go find it. We've seen this in the opening thus far, at least the first opening to the show. But now we actually get to see it animated and shown like the walk that Roger took to his own execution. And you know, as he's being executed, the the crowd is calling to him, like, hey, what'd you what'd you do with One Piece? He uh instead yells out to the crowd, gives the famous speech of like, You want my treasure? Go find it. It's yours. I left it in that one place. You know, good luck. And that's what then I've I've butchered the quote, but that is generally, you know, that's where he gives his famous speech, and that is what, you know, they all say brings in the great age of piracy that everyone is currently living in now. Cut all the way back to Smoker in the bar, and then a Marine finally walks in, and he starts to hang up wanted poster. He's like, oh, Smoker, I didn't see you were here. And he hangs up the poster, and Smoker's slow self finally takes a look at the poster, and he's like, oh, that's that Straw Hat kid. Oh, I know where he is. And then we obviously cut back to Luffy, who is finally at the execution platform, and you see Smoker running out of the bar, to chase Luffy, and you just see this, not ominous, but somewhat foreboding scene, like Luffy's standing at the bottom of the platform, and he's staring up, and kind of pans out, and then all of a sudden, boom, to be continued. Before I ask what you guys think, I do have to make a note, because I had to bring up the opening segment at the end there, because we see Roger's flashback, but 
We finally have a new opening. This is the second opening in the show. We can yeah. talk about all that. But what do you guys think? Bro, it's lit. This is like one of my most favorite openings. Like, ever. Like, in all the series, this is definitely like one of my favorites. And so, when this shit came out, I was like, yo, this is hype. Let's go for it. And it's just, it's max, easily. Yeah, what I had typed in, actually before that, I had tweeted when I was starting to watch these episodes at like three in the morning. I'd put, we are on the cruise and a sad emoji. But when I was taking the notes for this, I typed in, in all caps, holy shit, new Ipanin, because it was misspelled. Yeah, it's very exciting. Now that the first opening doesn't have its own sort of energy and charm to it, but I definitely like this one more. It's a nice, like, dance pop. Yeah, it'll be like Eurobeat, because this is this shit is it. No, I, I, I like, uh, I think Wonderland, his name is opening. I thought this one started once they got into the grind line. So when this one started here, I was like, oh shit, this one's now. I kept waiting for this, because I know they, now that we're finally at a new opening, I think new openings come a little more frequently. And what is this, like 50 episodes? I think this is like a longer stretch, or almost 50. But I like this one. It's a bit more upbeat. The first one is very much like, that's the show theme. But this is now like new openings usually in anime will signify you know new arcs, new beginnings, new changes. But yeah, fun tune and a fun way to kind of start off this new segment. What do you guys think of the, the episode as a whole, though? You know, I really liked uh, this introduction into Captain Smoker. And a little bit of, uh, what's her name, Tashigi? Captain Tashigi. Right, yeah. yeah. I didn't mention it because I, I forget if they actually say in this episode, but we don't need her. Her name oh. isn't elusively kept secret. The girl that Zoro meets is Tashigi. Oh, yeah, it, it might be. They ask about her at the beginning of the episode, but it doesn't actually say who it is until the next episode. Oh, well, fuck. Spoiler alert. Yeah. It's not the biggest deal. They're not like trying to hide it. Well, it's not like done, it's a done giant much deal. quicker than our friend we have noted keeps her name hidden till the moment is right. Hisanji was allured by. Yeah. But other than that, uh, I loved how it's just kind of this plot line. It shows a lot about how Luffy is following in Gold Roger's footsteps. So that's really kind of interesting take to look at. Especially when you're doing like character comparisons and shit like that, and you're just looking at what the hell is happening, and it makes you think like, oh man, there is a lot of similarity between Luffy and Gold Roger. I mean, they act the same way, they come across the same way. Hell, they almost look the same in some cases. It's kind of interesting. Yeah, going back to. What you had said earlier, Slash, about the music. I hadn't really thought about it at the time, just going like, oh, okay. But Luffy's entire quest to find the execution platform is sort of like a pilgrimage that he's making. So I'm assuming the musical choice ties into that. Yeah, like there aren't... Most of One Piece's background music, which I mean, we can point this out over time, a lot of the background tunes surprisingly stay the same throughout the show. like theme of decisive battle or like theme of you know sad or something like that 
a lot of the music they pull from a lot of the same stuff over time you know some people might criticize that i think to a certain extent a lot of it works because it's like that's a cool kind of familiarity that it's you know what a scene means like oh something's getting tense or something's happy or something's you know what emotion is attempted to be conveyed because you stick on the you know you stay on the cruise long enough as we say here you can read the room once you start hearing what's going on but there are various points in time where like this was one i almost forgot about because it only happens for a little bit i forget if they bring it back on the next episode but we'll see in probably further episodes in general um that we do but i forgot that this happens here but it definitely conveys more of you know luffy like you said pilgrimage but also as somewhat you know in your face and a little heavy-handed as some of the parallels can be you know it's obvious that it's like he's here he wants to learn like how did the greatest man begin and and you know what is this town like you know what's what's the history here and luffy has that fascination so you know kind of tying that into it like he's you know having almost like a somber walk through this town as he also kind of just you know finds a different point for uh, for him to continue to learn about and then move on from there I don't think it's bad. I think for a second I was like, wait a minute, Gregorian chanting? Like, are we like, hello? But I think it fits for what it is. There are a few other points where all of a sudden other very choice pieces of music are used. Some specific and some just different styled that don't always come back in the series. There's one hyper-specific one that I have for, let's say, the end of the next major arc. But I will point that one out when the time comes, because that one is a very special one for me. But anyway, yes, the chanting is cool. There's a lot that happens in this episode. I did my best to not drag on it, but really it is like, it's a cut back to everyone. And th again, this episode is a full-on canon one. So going by what's happening in the manga, it's like they're just, you know, there's probably a panel for everyone doing their own thing and trying to keep up with all these different moving pieces and stuff. But this is a big, you know, transitional end of one arc into another arc segment. Well, maybe next week we'll see what happens with Zoro and Blue-Haired Velma. Uh, I see what you did there. You guys have anything to plug, Steve? Yeah, I got the the bird app for Twitter. It's uh at Steve Horniak, H-O-R-N-Y-A-K. For me, you can find my bird app at um, www.twitter.com slash roblink or it's just at roblink i will still plug my twitch streams but partially because i've been taking a mild uh, stream break after finishing the gre which i am done with but on the flip side uh, i've also seen that the rules on twitch uh, are also absolutely shitting the bed right now so like i've been trying to read into that before i start my next game stream but uh preemptively have fun and follow twitch.tv slash roblink and look forward to my next stream when i finally feel safe enough to post about it and will not be outlawed as a uh, u.s criminal as some lawmakers might have me if they get their way in terms of defining certain rules on twitch but that's for another discussion on another time nah you just end up like luffy that's all you're gonna do right you're an internet pirate got him you're our but instead of Yarhar, it's like the dial-up sound. Oh, God. <laughs> you can find me on most social media platforms with the handle at El Tupacabra. That's E-L-T-U-B-A-C-A-B-R-A. -A -A. You can find the show on Twitter with the handle at Reluctant Cruise. You can find the show on Instagram with the handle Reluctant Cruise Podcast. And you can email us, if you so choose, by sending them to ReluctantCruise at gmail.com.
yeah, that's it. Have fun on the cruise. Even Wonderland. Stop, stop, stop. God damn it, why aren't you stopping? Why?